Series 1, Episode 14. Hello and welcome back to our Plain Jane Huddles podcast, a space for uplifting, informative and friendly conversations with industry leaders and tastemakers who share our love and passion for the events industry. This episode was recorded on Instagram Live in 2020. So let's jump in with our 14th huddle, where we chatted to Anthony from the Saatchi Gallery. Hi, Anthony. I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. It's good to see you. Good, you too. So I, sorry, I was a little bit, a few minutes delayed. I just decided to put my son down literally half an hour earlier. So I was like, can I do this in 15 minutes? It's all <laughs> good. So, get a glass of wine. So. Oh, happy days. I didn't even get a chance to do that. I just rushed in. So <laughs> cheers to you. Cheers to Thursday yeah. night. <laughs> Uh, so just to sort of say, I'm just going to say hello to everybody who's watching um, and this is our Thursday night huddle uh, where we talk to industry insiders and industry leaders just about all the things that we love about events and what we're missing and what we're looking forward to the most and how we're um, dealing with the challenges that we're facing at the moment. Um, and um, our guest tonight, which we are really delighted to have, is Anthony, who is head of events at the Saatchi Gallery. And so welcome. Thank you. Um, so um, we've obviously had a little chat earlier on today and we've been in touch for the last few months as well so you are fairly new to Saatchi and um, we are um, we're um, at Plain Jane we know Saatchi Gallery very well because we've done we've done a few events there over the years but um, things have changed things are changing I understand and I'm really excited to hear about them so do you want to kick off just by telling us a little bit about you and where where you're at oh sorry little fly yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so uh, I joined Sarch Gallery, uh, God, it seems bizarre that it was only about a year ago. Um, <laughs> it's been quite a strange first year. Um, so I joined in November last year. Uh, and okay. essentially, uh, I was coming from another art gallery in central London. And the opportunity for head of events at Saatchi came up and I just thought I'd be crazy not to go for it. Um, and in a nutshell, Saatchi Gallery had an external company uh, working with them on their private events for the last kind of 10 years. Right. And they made the decision that they would like to have their own in-house events team. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes sense. Uh, someone to kind of come in, be there full time, take ownership of all of their events and kind of, streamline the whole process really um yeah yeah so, and i guess also in line with also the exhibitions and things like that going on because i remember there was all there was always that frustration from the team who we used to deal with um that there was you know with the dates for exhibitions and then what they can do for events and that sort of yeah. stuff so yeah yeah it's it's a big old building um there's 14 or, or arguably slightly more than 14 kind of quite large exhibition spaces in the venue yeah um we often program, you know, five or six shows at the same time over mm -hmm. four different floors. So, yeah, it's it's complicated. And yeah, in terms of private events, you definitely need someone who's kind of constantly interacting with the programming team, um, has a pretty good idea of the availability for a decent amount of time. And that's, that's not always been easy. Um, but I think we're in a good place now and we've got some some big plans going forwards in terms of doing more events. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So how's it been for you over the last few months? Obviously you said you started in November last year, obviously a slightly strange start to a new, to a new job. Um, how, how did things change for the Sarch Gallery kind of like in, in March when it changed for the rest of the world? Well, um, 
we had Tutankhamun, um, big, big project that one. Um, mm -hmm. We were getting between, I think about four to 8,000 guests a day at that time. Uh, so, wow, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it, it was, it was amazing and um, yeah, it was a, it was a really, really popular exhibition. It was very yeah. exciting to, to have that in the building. And it all happened quite quickly, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I think it, it feels like it was quite a long time ago now, but it became very clear in a very short window of time that we were going to have to close. Mm -hmm. and so how long had the exhibition been going for at that time? So um, Tutankhamun launched at the very end of October okay. at 2019 and it was due to run until May the 4th I think, okay. uh, early May 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was yeah it was a lot of logistical stuff to deal with because yeah. it is literally 70,000 square feet of priceless Egyptian artifacts incredible so, i would definitely want i mean ham just said that she wanted to go and see it i mean it was definitely something that i would have loved to have seen it it was amazing like it, yeah. it really was amazing because whether you're kind of particularly interested in that sort of type of history or not when you're stood in front of something that is like three thousand years old yeah. and is still in kind of amazing condition it's yeah it's pretty haunting yeah. uh, it's pretty I amazing. imagine and i think the security team who had to kind of stay on site all times um during the lockdown probably found it quite spooky at different times sort of having to i walk can around. imagine like, yeah gonna, night at the, the museum yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. Like that. Oh, robin williams there on his horse coming past yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> well, I think it was that so so we were obviously hoping um yeah. that it essentially what would happen is that whenever lockdown ended and you know back in march i think most of us hadn't anticipated it being quite no. so long. Um, we were very much hoping that obviously when it ended, we'd just reopen the doors and mm -hmm. whatever the guidelines were, we would put things in place to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but the Tutankhamun project was basically, we were one city on a 10 country world tour. Cool. Yeah. Super complicated, uh, lots of different kind of deadlines, lots and lots of different entities involved as well. So sadly, yeah. we weren't able to kind of reopen with that. Of course, no, um, that's understandable. Okay, so so that so you closed your doors um, to Saatchi Gallery and um, sort of March, mid March. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yes, around the seventeenth or eighteenth of March, we okay. we've done a lot of events around Tutankhamun um, from when I joined in November through till March and we had a lot more of them booked in. Mainly corporate things wanting to sort of have an event around the exhibition that sort of thing. Yeah so lots of corporate yeah. events they had lots and lots of sponsors we had lots of sponsors and yeah. um, it was such a rare opportunity to do an event with these artifacts yeah. in, in the building because the last time I think the, the big British Museum one was about 20 years ago so that was the last time was they it? were here. God I, yeah. I remember that I really remember that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, scary that time goes that quickly. Yeah. But um, because they're building this like super museum in Cairo, it okay. was pretty clear that this wasn't going to happen again, kind of within our lifetimes, basically. Yeah, so yeah. there was a lot of interest in, in private and corporate events. Which I was can great. totally imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, so obviously, and also lost out on all those events as well. And uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I assume. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and oh. it was. 
it was really, really sad because it wasn't just kind of the corporate events and things that we had booked in that we lost out on. So much of what we do, because um, we, we recently became a charity and, and so much of what we're about as a charity is, is our education side of things. Yeah. And what was amazing about the exhibition is during the week, you didn't really get anybody sort of between, I guess, 25 and 50. So you either got loads and loads of really young kids or loads of, of older people who have the time to come and see it during the week. Sure. Yeah. And it was those two demographics that I felt kind of really got the most out of it, that yeah. you could just see their excitement. They were sort of so taken in by it. And we've got tens of thousands of like adorable finger paintings of like Pharaoh's <laughs> masks. And yeah, so we were gutted about that because it, yeah. it was really fun. You know, some days we had like eight groups of 200 kids in among the thousands of get it was just it was watching their little faces just like in yeah all, yeah it was yeah, really cute and, yeah yeah it was really yeah. it was a really nice thing to have well such a shame that you had to close early but i guess it kind of like allowed you um to regroup like a lot of people have a lot of venues a lot of event, event companies a lot of kind of like you know a lot of industries have, have sort of taken this opportunity so you you guys all just like regrouped and you know um so what 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 did you what what were your thoughts when you sort of regrouped what were your plans and, and how did they sort of pan out over the summer because obviously we weren't expecting it to last that long as you say or go into a second lockdown yeah well basically behind the scenes we were continuing to work really hard on, on yeah. trying to find a way to make it work to reopen Tutankhamun yeah so I was working with our gallery manager and the management team as soon as any government guidelines were put out we immediately kind of got to work some of those things were really easy you know loads and loads of hand sanitizers one-way systems and then other things were a, a quite a lot trickier because initially the events guidance in particular was extremely vague and I mean it must have changed like 30 times just yeah. in the last six months so we calculated everything at two meter distancing and two meter distancing is that's hard like when you actually what do you mean? <laughs> when you put the dots down on a piece of paper so our, so our gallery spaces obviously they're big open spaces mm -hmm. they don't have any pillars or columns or anything like that yeah and we started to work out that when you put these dots down on a piece of paper, in order for people to be two meters away from everybody else at all times, no matter where they are, we're a venue that can accommodate sort of one and a half thousand people in normal times. Yeah. And our capacities were just decimated. You, you would have a gallery that would usually have 300 for a standing reception, mm -hmm. go down to like 20. Yeah. So we had yeah. that. And then kind of very late in the day, we worked out that the Tutankhamun project just wasn't going to be able to continue. Um, no. I think it was kind of early August that, it, okay. that that was kind of finalised. Admitted defeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Begrudgingly, we sort yeah, of had to. of course. So then it was a case of working out what we can put in as like our reopening show, um, how we can do it safely. We had a very, very short amount of time to to think of something really good that's worth doing to get people mm -hmm. excited. Yeah. Um, so we did a, a big exhibition of graduate art from some of the best graduating artists. Who, Amazing. Yeah, it, it, was, it was great. It was really good. We did a, a launch event okay. for that. Yeah. Uh, and the launch so, event. So where, where were these people, where were, the, where were the students from? Sorry, from all around London or the UK? Yeah, or? 
I think it was seven art schools in total. So it was things like Slade, RCA, Goldsmiths, um, Central St. Martins. Um, our amazing programming team basically got on the phone in August and, and called these, these students and said, look, you guys have worked so hard to, to, to graduate and to show your art. Um, How about showing it in the Dodge Gallery? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, so, ah, nah. <laughs> yeah, so l luckily, um, not only were they really enthusiastic about it, but they were like incredibly organised. Um, oh, no. They did all of the graphic design and they, you know, in about two weeks, we did a sort of 50,000 square foot exhibition. Incredible. Um, it was great. And was that was that the exhibition we were talking about when you were going to do the huddle a few weeks ago? Was that what you were kind of gearing up for that exhibition? No, that's <laughs> oh okay. So, <laughs> so no. So basically, what happened is we we had all of our programming for for twenty twenty one figured out. Uh, sorry, twenty twenty figured out um, yeah. at the end of twenty nineteen. We were going to have Tutankhamun. Um, we were going to have a very big major summer exhibition, and then we were going to go on to jr which is our next kind of major show right as soon as covid hit the very big summer exhibition immediately got on the phone and just went um I, maybe we should don't think we're going to be able to do this yeah exactly so that very big very exciting summer okay. exhibition is going to happen but obviously not this yeah. year At a later date, um, yeah watch the space so when the tutankhamun thing wasn't extended we knew that the summer thing wasn't happening and we knew that the JR project wouldn't be available to us essentially until November. Okay. So that's why the London grads thing okay. actually fit right. really, really nicely and, and just worked really well. Yeah, lovely. What a great opportunity for the art students. I was an art student back in the day as well. And what an opportunity cool. that would have been. You know, I didn't go on. I sort of, I, I, I stopped kind of like just after A-levels in the end and went on to design. But um, what an opportunity. Some of the people that were on my course who did go on, I can I can totally see their artwork in somewhere like Saatchi. And yeah. I can't, what an incredible opportunity to have your um, to have your artwork in, in that in, in that fantastic venue. So I imagine yeah. you were probably inundated with people wanting to do that as well. So Yeah, and it's it was really nice to actually get an opportunity because obviously we, we do get, you know, lots and lots of submissions, uh, yeah. not, not just from London or the UK, but all over the world. Sure. And because of how we program the venue, it's, it's so difficult to offer spaces here and there for yeah. you know, emerging artists. But at the same time, that's exactly what Sarchi Gallery has always yeah. stood for. So yeah. uh, we, we were thrilled. But I have yeah. to say, the, the opening event for that, I've done a lot of events over the years, but the opening event for that exhibition <laughs> is up there in terms of kind of how nervous I was about getting it right. Yeah. Um, the guidelines were new. Um, they were changing all the time. Mm -hmm. And we managed to safely and successfully get 400 people through the doors right at the very, very beginning of September. I think it was the second or the third of September they were all socially distanced. They all wore their masks and they all kept their masks on. Students. All the way through. Um, students. <laughs> this, was the, this was like the preview opening. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So students, you know, there was no pre-drinking or any of that stuff. Um, which I was, yeah, it, it was amazing because... Well done, well done you. It was a, it was a, it was a ma massive challenge, I imagine, and, and a nerve-wracking challenge. Yeah, and you know, you, I think what's interesting is with the pandemic, 
there were certain well there were there were lots and lots of industries that i think really had to sit down and think very very hard about how they were going to operate their business yeah. whether they were going to need to to pivot or significantly change yeah and the one thing i think um i've spoken to lots of people about this through the process is that the events industry you can't work in the events industry without being like a problem solver someone who deals extremely well with crisis yeah has a great sense of humor yeah exactly yeah. so if any industry was going to be able to go okay how do we make it work yeah then it's it us. is our one you know it is absolutely um, and there have been some amazing stories of people who have as well and i've spoken to quite a lot of agencies especially over the, you know the last few months who really have succeeded in, 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 a, in a in a full pivot which is, is amazing yeah. so so let's talk about some of the stuff that you that you've done and some of the things that are going to change i mean hannah just said i just noticed hannah just said mind the floor and i remember whenever we've worked there you know it's always um you know no red wine no nothing on the floor you know you have the protection at all times i mean honestly poor rosie and bella they were just like all over this kind of like floor every time we moved everything they were yeah. like where's, where's yeah so how are things now because we were talking earlier about the fact that sort of you know there was a certain way that the Sarcher gallery was run before from an events perspective but now things have just sort of changed and it did make it a little bit difficult you know i'm not going to lie sort of to to, to work in there as com compared to some other venues in london so what what's what's going on with the new improved Sarchi event space yeah so um yeah they're all completely uh <laughs> they're completely reasonable points um yeah so I made it very clear when I uh, when I interviewed with the team for the role uh, of where I where my passion lies for the building and the types of things that I felt they should be doing yeah. and exploring and luckily um, that fit very well with what their plans were for the Brilliant. business. So <laughs> we <laughs> want to be doing yeah exactly you know that was the biggest relief because it was like yeah. okay you just want to be doing private dinners then. I might not be yeah. your guy. Um, although, you know, I could put together a decent private dinner. I'm um, sure you can. So big, immersive, experiential, AR, VR. Yeah, you can have red wine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Try not to spill it, but yeah, you know. <laughs> a big chunk of your deposit if you do, but you can have it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all balanced. But yeah. we... My, I think my biggest challenge is basically getting the message out there to the industry. Um, we're a really big, really flexible, versatile space. And actually lots of the preconceptions that you might have about how things were done in the past or assumptions that you might make, look, it's a massive posh looking listed building. Um, there's still a huge amount that, that we can achieve yeah. within the venue. You... We're really open to that. Do you think there'll be a, a slightly more balanced, um, uh, slightly more balanced to events over um, uh, exhibitions, or will exhibitions still be kind of like the heavier um, activity during the years? Yeah. So the Saatchi Gallery is a contemporary art gallery, and always will be. Yeah, and sure. That's what it's all about. Yeah. They're and actually that's what adds to the exclusivity of it, isn't it, as well? In a way yeah, you yeah. can't always get it. It's not like you can go to a sort of an actual venue venue, you know, um, to, to book it any, any day of the week. It's a bit more exclusive than that. So yeah, yeah that's the exactly. And yeah. I, I don't think that Central London's short of amazing kind of constantly blank canvas event spaces. There's, yeah. you know, really, really good options there. Um, but generally, our plan is to have one major exhibition yeah. that is on the first and second floors 
at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll either be a ticketed exhibition or it'll be a free exhibition. Mm -hmm. We'll probably have three or four of those a year, generally. Mm -hmm. The ground floor and the lower ground floor, we want to keep that free to everyone seven days a week as much as we possibly can. Right, okay. Um, so for private... Well, that's an interesting, yeah, an interesting shift in... Because um, I remember it being sort of the, the ground floor and the first floor that was the majority of the exhibition spaces. And then the, the yeah. second floor was actually with the four different spaces. With, yeah, okay. So for private events, we can do private events in any of the spaces. Okay. Almost at any time, depending on, obviously, if there were, like, enormous sculptures or... I mean, you can end up with anything. We, we've had, I mean, it's full of enormous lobsters at the moment on the ground floor. So Is it really? Yeah, yeah. We've got, um, we did the, we've got Philip Colbert in galleries one, two and three. And that was the first press night where it was only robots allowed to attend. So you could Brilliant. remotely control a robot. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's contemporary art. Sort of like, sort of like the, um, the, the iPads on a, on a moving thing and you can literally be that person and walk around. Oh, I love that. That's such yeah, a that's genius. It. genius. So I think my, my goal is obviously to try and always have at least one of the galleries available for events yeah. every single day of the year. Brilliant. Um, we're always going to have lots of different something that's relatively straightforward in terms of events a reception, a dinner, something like that. The brilliant thing about Saatchi is you can, you can choose from every single space within the venue, all of which yeah. will be curated differently. And so you can actually leave it quite late in the day. So you can come in the week before and go, whoa, that's pretty out there. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. Or, God, let's do it in this one. And that's fine. So, yeah. you know, we want people to, to come to us and do events because we're an art gallery. But at the same time, we very much want to be open to much more heavy kind of build events yeah. for large blank canvas spaces. That we yeah, have. yeah, of course. Do and um, Han just reminded me when we were when we were working with you because we did the the roll, two of the Rolling Stones when the Rolling Stones did their exhibition, as you know. Yeah, you when they guys did their did exhibition. An amazing did the, job. The launch. Thank you. We did the launch and then the gala. Yeah, and we were and I remember that there was um the it was a new cleaner and there was um it wasn't during the the Rolling Stones but the girls were telling us and um and the um the new cleaner had apparently sort of cleaned away one of the art installations. <laughs> you know, it's like didn't quite realise that it was. It's like, oh. but I can totally imagine that happening with some of the stuff that's been at the Saatchi Gallery. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I mean. There were some pretty amazing stories from the last 30 years of bits and pieces that have gone yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, so what sort of thing do you have? That, you mentioned earlier some really exciting words that we love hearing, sort of like immersive events and things like that. What, what are you thinking? Is this sort of stuff that you are going to create and you're going to sell tickets a little bit like the vaults, you know, experiences that you've come to? Or is it going to be more, you know, um, what sort of thing you, what are you thinking? Okay, so, um, so in a previous life, I was a theatre director. And ah, okay. I, I, not specialised, but like my focus was in immersive theatre, site specific yeah. stuff. Okay. Secret cinema, punch drunk, yeah. you know, right. they were, Got it. yeah. So there are several, when I came to Saatchi, there were several companies or people that I've always desperately wanted to work with. And I had a rare opportunity to basically bring ideas to the table, to the programming team. So mm -hmm. there's one that I'm absolutely desperate to have this one come off. It's a project that we're discussing. 
I can't tell you what it is. Oh but, no! I was like, I bet this is gonna happen. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think if I could give you any clues. <laughs> very, very large scale, um, light based, extremely immersive, very futuristic technology. Um, okay. Something that's never been seen before in a gallery or on the scale that we're hoping to do it. Okay. All right. Um, Am I allowed to guess? If I guess, would you actually tell me? <laughs> I probably won't tell you. No, if you okay, guess, fair but I would secretly be massively <laughs> impressed if you, if you did guess. Um, in terms of the other bits and pieces, so we have already got quite a few sort of virtual hybrid things lined up, which are really exploring AR and VR in quite a lot of depth. So okay. rather than doing like a sort of virtual waiting room that you sort of log on to or just kind of watching a, a presentation, you get sent a pack and then you can interact with, it, it's really bizarre, it's hard to explain, but it's almost like an actual video game that has been created specifically for your event and your brand. So, so you would come into the Saatchi Gallery to actually experience this, whether it would be something that you end up putting on like a, a VR headset or something and then doing something some in them. space. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so some of them. So we worked with um, a company called Marshmallow Laser Feasts. Yeah, in... what a name. Yeah, yeah, not an easy one to forget. <laughs> that is incredible, definitely not. <laughs> and, and what's great about our spaces is because there are no columns and because they're just so big, mm. you can fit a load of stuff in there and you can put this technology and this equipment yeah. on people and they can quite easily and quite safely sort of yeah. do their own Move thing. Move around, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's quite a few, I mean, we've got, <sighs> I'm trying to, yeah, I'm really, really trying to watch what I say. Yeah. There's going to be, something very heavily technologically based okay. that we're enormously excited about as, okay. as a major show next year and and so is this going to be like uh, is this going to be something that you that you buy tickets for that you uh, an, an event that you go to a little bit like yeah. punch drunk or something like that right okay great and it's yeah be so this is going to be sort of hyper technology based very futuristic extremely interactive but that's more that is going to be an exhibition yeah. um yeah in terms of the private events, we're encouraging all of our clients to really think outside the box and incorporate as much of this kind of technology, whether it's specifically in the field of art or even if it's just immersion. I think yeah. so much of the um, so much of the fallout from the pandemic, it's really easy to see it all as just restrictive or, or negative, and some of it obviously is. Um, I'm not the first person that's going to argue for totally remote virtual events. Uh, I think having real human interaction in the same room can't be beaten, really. Yeah, absolutely. especially um, after a year of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, when is it okay to hug your boss just to feel something? Um, <laughs> well, so <wait> we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to... There's, there's a lot of the, the side effects, which actually I think will be hugely beneficial and are ways to add onto an already successful model for events. Yes. I think that, yeah. for example, like live streaming or creating video content, so many kind of uh, smaller scale product launches, brand launches, fashion shows, uh, all of those things hadn't necessarily considered that before because they just wanted their press or their VIPs in the space. Yeah. But actually, why would you not add that to your event? Because it just gives you more tools for marketing or training. Yeah. Um, it takes it your audience from 
whoever's in that room to anyone in the world. So I think yeah, that's a really good I think you're right. I think it's going to be absolutely, I think it's going to put, I would like to think that we'll go, we'll go back to a, a really alive kind of like impactful live event, but that actually that it combines and it's going to become a hybrid sort of event that we'll be doing. And, and actually, because the world is almost, you know, all these virtual companies who have been doing amazingly well up until, you know, just before the pandemic and then have just kind of like had to sort of like, you know, step up a notch or, 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 or a million um, to kind of like to get their products kind of like, you know, and upgrade them. Um, they just seeing an absolute surge and actually to come together we've been talking to lots of VR companies and AR companies because it's not what we do it's not what we specialize in but as part of our pivot we've been offering it to clients um, and and our clients are loving the idea of it and loving the idea of actually merging them with other things and once we can be live again so I think I think you're absolutely right I think you're you're doing totally the right thing not that I'm the um you know the answer to all but no, but, for sure. <laughs> but, but what's so fantastic is you guys are like super experienced in so many different types of events and I think it's really important that we are all quite honest with each other and, mm. and don't kind of overpromise. I didn't know anything about remote virtual hybrid events before this pandemic because I never needed yeah. to. No yeah. one wanted to do them. It wasn't within my kind of circle yeah. of narrative. No, um, totally. But what I think lots of the, the production companies and lots of the kind of technical suppliers have done really well, or certainly from my experience so far, is not only do they have all of this technology and all of these kind of things pretty much ready to go uh, because they were able to work on it so quickly, but they're so good at making our lives easier by going, just put the client on the phone. Yeah. We can strip this down. We can simplify it. Don't worry about all the complicated stuff. We'll just turn up and it will work. Um, I think that's really good. I think it's a time for everyone to be much more kind of honest with each other and to sort of celebrate. I think celebrating vulnerability is a, yeah. is a good thing. It after. is a wonderful thing. I, I found that probably about six years ago, just kind of like, if you actually just show your vulnerabilities, actually amazing things do actually actually start happening because people yeah. are empathetic and people kind of like see things that you don't that you, you don't like to see but so i totally i totally agree with you on that one and i think you're absolutely right shout out to all of the uh, virtual agencies that we've been working with they've done exactly that they've gone above and beyond to support us in in our whole of knowledge um which we now feel that we have filled certainly not 100 percent, but you know we filled it up to be able to have a decent yeah. conversation with our clients um and and then bring them in you know and and be able to work in a hybrid vibe going forward if we're going to survive if we're going to come back and we're going to be stronger we need to adapt right the, the world needs to adapt and we as event managers need yeah. to adapt so, yeah 100 percent. and and i think the the vaccine thing at the moment is a really good example yeah how exciting we, yeah yeah super look, super exciting like really one of the most amazing achievements of our entire lifetime yes, medically just just mind-boggling that that's happened mm -hmm. but obviously what we've got to do is we have to plan for the worst. So I'm, I'm very positive and I'm very optimistic, but I have to accept that there is a possibility everyone's gonna go completely bonkers for Christmas and that there will be a lockdown in January. Now, yeah. if there is a lockdown in January, I now know enough about what the restrictions have been and enough about the permissions that you still have in terms of remote filming or rehearsals or whatever it might be to know that there are still lots of things that can take place safely mm -hmm. as long as you know all of the rules and, and legislation yeah. and i yeah. think that's something that's changed hugely from the first lockdown yeah because the first lockdown was just everyone panicking going 
hold on. So every client wants to cancel, get a refund, postpone, no contracts mean anything. How do we protect ourselves? How do we give anyone any confidence when we don't have any answers? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we've now had kind of two or three months where certain types of things will almost definitely be possible. And we've also all collectively changed our mentality in regards to contracts and agreements. Yeah. So what we're able to do is go, look, we are planning to do the event that you want us to do. And we're completely ready to go on January the 5th. If we can't do it then, we will do it when we can do it with yeah. your blessing and with your agreement. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think Plan for the worst, hope for the best. Exactly, yeah. 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 So yeah. I think that's a really positive change that we've now, viral osmosis and all of the, the weird stuff this year, we've ended up with more knowledge and more strings to our bow. Mm. And we've now got the answers to more questions yeah. that previously a client would have gone, yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. As Hannah just said, knowledge is key. That's totally right. And, and you know, it makes, yeah. it makes such a difference, you know. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. We've done it once, so we can do it again, but come out of it better in the best place. So, and keeping and keeping more of our clients happy. In terms of, um, um, in terms of um, your terms and conditions and your cancellation policies, because that's some of the things that we've kind of, that's where we've sort of like fallen with some of our clients the last, the last sort of, you know, nine months or so, um, especially with venues um, where we pay the deposit for venues. And, and no, the client doesn't want to postpone. And, you know, we're, often, we're trying to be on both sides. You know, we're sort of in a bit of a push me pull me sort of position between our client and the venue. Yeah. And they don't want to postpone. They just want to, to their money back. But the, the venues are just like, how are you, what, what are you thinking about this going forward? Are you, have, you, have you changed your terms and conditions? Are you, what are you doing? So it, it's really difficult. It, yeah, it's it is. really <laughs> difficult. And, and whether you're dealing with a kind of enormous faceless corporation or yeah. a young couple looking to get married, yeah. it, it's horrible. All of the conversations are, mm. are very difficult. Obviously, yeah. best case scenario is kind of what we just briefly touched on there, which is look, depending on what the type of event mm. is, you know, what we would like to do is basically give you a window of time. Yeah. And we have to be realistic. So let's say you've got an event in February. I would be getting in touch with you now, two months mm -hmm. out. We would have a really frank, open discussion. What do we think is going to happen? What's the information that we do have? Mm -hmm. How likely is it that your event is going to be able to take place? Mm -hmm. If it is able to take place, is it able to take place how you need it to take place? And if so, we very much want to work to do your event in February. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there's restrictions, if there's guidelines, if there's you know things that make it impossible, then obviously we still want to work with you on your event and with an open book in terms of yeah. rescheduling that. So it's, 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 it's about transparency, isn't it, really? Yeah. And that's what we were just, you mentioned before as well. It's just being really open and honest, you know, whereas before you would just try to kind of make it right just because, you know, you try as, as, as event fixers that we are, you know, you just try to make, but actually it's just so much easier if you just say complete transparency, this is the deal. If everyone yeah. talks like that, you can just get a much simpler solution much quicker. It, it has to be that way. There, there's no yeah. point trying yeah. to hide in grey areas or no, anything. No, there's not. There's not. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So kind of going forward, so I've just been talking to a, you know, a few kind of like friends and industry people recently, just kind of like obviously with the second lockdown just ended. Um, and like you say, the, the third lockdown sort of, you know, like potentially looming after a banging Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, what's your hunch? You know, if you had to put a bet on kind of like when we're going to be 
back to normal what would you say is going to be our kind of like when, when do you think it's going to be oh well that's the question <laughs> isn't it? Um, so so i'm the only person in my whole family who's not a doctor okay uh, mum auntie uncle grandparents the works that okay they're, all, they're either gps or they're they're in the medical field and the job of an event manager, though, is just as stressful, if not more, than the job of a neurosurgeon. So I think there's no way I'm going to claim that. It's, just, it's a stressful job. Is it? You know, it's life or death. Sometimes you know, health and safety. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, potentially. Um, Dealing with brides. What, what's been really interesting is the the conversations that I've had with my family have actually been largely much more positive than what the government is saying certainly much more positive than, than what oh, the press great. is saying. Yeah. Um, and, and more positive than I think certainly the, the LinkedIn feed is. So I think that the vaccine is, is going to be rolled out as quickly as they can. I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to be that quickly. I don't think that the non-clinically vulnerable or the under 60s will get an option to be vaccinated certainly before summer. Mm -hmm. um, I would... I would really hope for our industry that we can get a massive amount of public confidence back by April, May to give us a fighting chance to have a summer of... A summer. A summer, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A summer of events, um, Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of interesting things on the table, like these quick tests. Can I see people turning up for an event and all having a test and waiting half an hour before they go in? maybe I... but, but, uh, but for us it's because you know we've got a couple of really big clients who normally do big summer things you know outside big summer things and for them it's a case of you know do we want to risk putting this money towards something that needs a few months planning we can't just come yeah. up with it overnight you know like, or even in a couple of weeks for this sort of scale of things certainly from a sort of council perspective planning permission blah, 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 all that sort of stuff you know um and um uh, so will our clients even it's, it's about building confidence again isn't it yeah it's, will it's our clients put their money well it's, I feel really confident and I feel really positive. And there were times this year, particularly kind of end of the first and beginning of the second quarter, yeah. where it just seemed like it was totally catastrophic. And I'm sure your LinkedIn feed has been the same as mine with just a sea of green circles of previous <laughs> colleagues and clients and, you know, really yeah. amazing talent leaving amazing companies it, it's terrifying and it's, yeah. and it's heartbreaking and it so my focus throughout this period has been is there anything that we can do because this is a it's a huge building with all of these amazing empty spaces and from an events perspective it's just like so you can get on the tube and there's all of these young guys with their masks like under their chin breathing and coughing on you and that's fine but you can't yeah. come into our venue with yeah. a face mask on, a one-way system, hand sanitised, track and trace, and yeah. all of the space in the world, and that's totally unacceptable. That's been... That's hard to swallow, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It but is. I think your question is a really interesting one, because I think that the smaller companies and the smaller clients who are dealing with smaller budgets and potentially do have that bit more flexibility. But if it's not in April, as long as it's before September, yeah. we want to do this event. 
yeah. that's a very different thing to kind of the Apples, the Googles, the Nikes. Yeah. Big annual party. I think what what we're probably likely to see is the the really big organisations, particularly the big tech organisations, thinking about a completely different approach. And I think mm. as an industry, we're going to have to work really, really hard to try and build that confidence and to get them on site. Yeah, I do absolutely. think that's going to be a and challenge. Keep them in, and keep them engaged from an event perspective, but which is where we where, where this hybrid, I think, will come in just brilliantly as well from our perspective, trying to sort of, because we've got a couple of those clients that we're sort of talking to at the moment and it's keeping them engaged, keeping them kind of like, on. come on, let's keep doing something. Let's keep, let's keep giving something back to the staff. You know, yeah. so it is, it's, it's a constant kind of like just, but I think not fight at all, but just a constant kind of um, conversation, a constant dialogue. Um, it's, just it's, what, effort, it's, possible. it's interesting because what we're trying to do is we're trying to keep communication open, even when you don't necessarily have any more answers. Yeah. Yeah. Last time you spoke to them. Exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of checking in on them, making yeah. another joke about how weird the world is, sticking in another one of those catchphrases <laughs> that everyone now opens an email with. Yeah. Yeah. Making a bit of small talk and going, well, listen, look, I'll, I'll speak to you soon, and hopefully we'll know more by then. But it, but, but it is that can, communication. At least we can start bring, we can start kind of like bringing in Brexit again now, because Brexit, you know, towards. I just spoke yeah. to a client yesterday. Oh. Like, she goes, she goes, do you know what? Sod Corona. I've got to be dealing with. It now and nobody knows what's happening with that either <laughs> just, oh, yeah, God. i hear you <laughs> i know oh. one of the one of the biggest frustrations is seeing as at the very beginning of 2020 brexit kind of became a little bit clearer this is the date this is how it's going to work suddenly that was a massively positive thing and loads of clients were like right okay now that we know the deal we're planning all of these events this is what we're doing so the diary went mad which mm. was amazing you know it was looking like it was going to be a really fantastic year and then obviously really wasn't yeah but with what we were talking about just a second ago i think we're definitely going to see and i think this is a positive thing we're going to see lots of situations where an event needs to take place and we want to have people at the event physically but we also want people who are uncomfortable for any reason with being at that event in person, we want to give them as much of an experience as yeah. possible. Yeah. So I think that's really exciting that an event isn't just one thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, it can be multiple different things. Multi-dimensional, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And there are so many talented people out there who are working at kind of bringing it all together, you know, you and I included. So um, I'm really excited to see what the Saatchi Gallery has got in store for next year, Anthony. I can't tell you. Me and my team, we bloody love an immersive experience. So expect yeah, to be there as well. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, and yeah, can't wait to see. And, and also be back at the space. You know, again, like we would, you know, we love working there as well and once once we can start going back to live events we would as we've as we've already said we'll come in we'll have a chat we'll we'll, we'll have another look around with you and kind of like yeah. hopefully get back to doing to what we all really truly love and you know absolutely have passion for so um congratulations on um head of events at Sarchi Gallery <laughs> um it's um it's a great a, a great role and I, it sounds like you're absolutely perfect for it so um and you've got some brilliant plans um ahead whenever that may be yeah, we look in a nutshell. We are we're looking to do lots more events. So the yeah. event business at Saatchi Gallery is going yeah. to be an ever expanding thing, wonderful. in all of its weird and wonderful shapes and forms. And uh, I'd love to get yeah. you guys down and have a face mask, coffee through a straw, sitting. We would 
from each we other. We would love that, and we would absolutely love that. Maybe even with a glass of champagne instead, we could all we could grab a bottle of bubbles or something and just celebrate the fact that we're all actually can meet up again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I look forward to that. In <laughs> Lovely. Well, listen. Thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate your time on a Thursday evening. Um, and um, thank you to everybody for watching and for tuning in and for asking questions. Anthony, thank you very much. Lovely to speak to you. Thanks for having me. Take See care. You Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our final huddle of 2020. If you haven't already, do have a listen to some of our other huddles in series one, and we'll be back very soon with another group of brilliant guests. Until then, if you'd like more information about us and what we do, head over to plainjaneevents.com or you can find us on Instagram at plainjaneevents. See you soon. Bye.